What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Legends cast. I'm your host, Rob Pearsall, starring today as legendary Mets outfielder Vinny Rotino. And I'm joined, I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Jennings, starring as left-handed reliever Scott Everyman Rice. Uh, Scott, what's going on today? You know, uh, can't, can't complain. Baseball's fully back. Um, we haven't done a, a podcast episode together for a while. Um, but I was in Costa Rica when I got the news that baseball was coming back and rejoice all over the place. Got a lot of compliments on my Mookie Wilson 1986 knockoff jersey, uh, which... It's always good. Mets fans are everywhere, dude. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that you could be on the beach in Costa Rica and people can be complimenting your Mookie Wilson jersey. Yeah. Um, just shows like how universal sports can be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have a lot to talk about. We haven't talked uh, since baseball's been back. So, how are your thoughts on that? Where tell, where were you when you when the news broke? How are you feeling? You know, how, how does it feel to live in a, a baseball world yet again? So, I mean, getting on the plane, going, going to vacation, you know, I was feeling, feeling pretty down about baseball, but feeling pretty good about life in general, you know, going on vacation, can't feel bad, but um, feeling pretty down about baseball at the time. And uh, sort of toward the tail end of the trip, when I got the news, we were, you know, getting ready to go to dinner i don't know if that's around the time that the news broke or not because i wasn't really on my phone that much we were at the beach but that's when i checked my phone and saw that a deal had been made and hell yeah it was all i could think yeah i was at work um jeff passing came through with the heat you know and at this point it's like Unless Jeff Passon is tweeting it, I'm not believing anybody else. Yeah. I got bobbed. Uh, we all got regret- bobbed. We <laughs> regret- regretfully got bobbed. I really, I think I was just so hopeful and I wanted to believe so bad that baseball is going to be back that I put my faith in Bob Nightingale and never and again. John Heyman. So. Yeah. And John Heyman. What are, what are we um, doing? <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. It's, I mean, and those got like, you know, like, Nightingale, yes, he's always been an unreliable narrator. John Heyman has gotten worse over the years. Um, even I Ken agree. Rosenthal last year, like the last like couple of years, has like not been a hundred percent factual. You know, I mean, I remember last offseason he was saying that Brad Hand to the Mets was a done deal, and then he that didn't end up even happening. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they got him later in the season, but uh, that offseason they certainly didn't get him. So uh, unless Jeff Passon's tweeting it. Uh, I'm not getting bobbed again. I'm taking that with a grain of salt. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It was, I think we were all in a very vulnerable place uh, when Bob started, started his, you know, back and forth of which owners were going to the player's side, which players were going to the owner's side about all that uh, optimism from the owner's side and thinking, oh, okay, yeah, maybe we'll get a deal done. But, you know, just given, given, the reputation of the source i think maybe we should have been a little bit more guarded but you know what i don't regret it at all because i was so hopeful at that time and it it was one of the only times during the lockout i was like oh actually feel good about this ultimately felt really bad the next day but 
you know, at the end of the day, they got a deal done. If I had to get bobbed along the way, I think it's worth it. I think that I was really hopeful that we would see this Bob Nightingale redemption story. Like that would have been great. This is the, this is the biggest Bob Nightingale. Like we're seeing this, like, like resurgence, like, you know, he's going to break his Bob curse. He's going to be the guy that's going to break one of the biggest news stories of the last, of, you know, in our lifetimes of baseball, pretty much, or at least one of them, I shouldn't say the biggest, but right well, now for sure. Pretty huge. Yeah. Um, but the lockouts over um, the off season slash spring training overlap is in full swing. We've seen some moves being made at the time of this recording. Um, there's a lot of moves that have been made. Freddie Freeman is still a free agent with some teams that are kind of maybe zeroing in on him, including the Rays, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, uh, Matt Chapman acquired by the Blue Jays, Andrew Chafin to the Tigers. So a lot of moves going on, but we'll talk about the Mets moves for now. How do you feel about a the Chris Bassett trade, but B the uh, Adam Ottavino signing? So let's hear what your thoughts are on both of those. Yeah, um, Adam Ottavino. Start with him. Um, I think he can. I saw a tweet soon after the signing was announced uh, that he'll pro- likely slide into the sort of Jerry's familiar role, um, and I think I really like that for him. I think he can be he can he can get the job done, I think, in higher leverage situations. But to be a sort of middle relief guy, I think that's that's the perfect slot for him to be sort of a bridge to your Trevor May, Edwin Diaz, Miguel Castro, uh, whoever that may be. So, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about the Mets bullpen. They definitely need a lefty. I think that much is obvious. I think there was a lot of hope for a Josh Hader or Andrew Chafin. Windows sort of closing. Mike Montgomery isn't exactly the guy you had in mind for that. Um, and we can get to that in a little bit too. But Chris Bassett, I mean, what else can you say about a number three? How many teams can say they have a top five National League Cy Young or American League Cy Young vote getter as their number three? I think that's that's incredibly impressive. And you know, I don't I don't subscribe to the world of prospect hugging. I think you had mentioned it on the last episode too, about how Willie Randolph's comments, like you can have all the ingredients that doesn't mean it'll be a delicious recipe or something like that. Uh, That's how I feel about the, the Chris Bassett trade. I think there's a lot of complaints about letting JT Ginn go the other way, but we're in win now mode as you know, they're, the Mets are in a window that they have to compete with, with the guys that they have, because unless you're Francisco Lindor or really that's about it (laughs) after a couple years, there's really no one left on, on the payroll. So there's going to be some big time turnover on the roster. So I think, I think now is a great time to go for it the way that this front office is going for it. And I love, love, love the Chris Bassett move. The Bassett move was a, honestly, I'm surprised that the Mets didn't the Mets didn't have to give up more for him. Truthfully, um, yeah. just because, like you said, he was a All Star last year. Uh, he's been a one of the top pitchers in the American League the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, might not be a household name just yet. He has been playing in Oakland, um, but he's he's been really good. Uh, and I think that you were you really hit the nail on the head. Uh, JT Ginn or Jin or however, however you pronounce it. I'm not hundred percent sure. I've never heard it said out loud, but 
he was someone who I liked, but I didn't love. So like, I thought that the, the, the potential was there considering that he was a first round pick from, I believe it was the Dodgers and then he didn't sign them with them. And then the Mets drafted him in the second round of the 2020 draft, but he hasn't exactly progressed in the manner that I think you'd like to see from someone like that. Uh, so I wasn't devastated about giving him up. I, you know, I hope that he is able to kind of get it together in Oakland and form a nice career for himself. But overall, I think that uh, the trade was pretty fair for the Mets. Um, they didn't give up a whole lot. Adam Aller, another guy who could be good for the, for the A's, but it was a former rule five pick uh, from the Mets couple years ago so um 27 years old so i think that that's a guy that you would include in a deal like that so the a's are in full rebuild mode um I, as you can see and they're probably not done i mean they have sean Manaya, sean murphy and uh you look at someone like frankie montaz who all could potentially be traded in the next coming you know the coming days so yeah i mean when you see I, when you see names like Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Chris Bassett, all those sort of dominoes falling for the A's. Obviously, it's it's them and the Reds right now who are just going full rebuild mode. And I I don't blame those organizations necessarily. I blame the Reds a lot more than the A's. I mean, the A's are doing what the A's do. Who knows? Maybe they'll still win like 80-some games this year because that's just what they do. And I could see somebody like Ginn and Aller going there and becoming fulfilling their potential because that's what the A's do. They, they bring in talent either through the draft or through trades like this, develop them into stars and then trade them away again and just do the cycle over. So, I mean, the A's window was truly just last year uh, with the, with the core that they had. And I wonder if you see like a guy like Ramon Laureano or um, you know, if, I think I think there's more moves to be done from the A's. Yeah, like I said, you know, they have some pieces that can still be traded. I think Ramon Laureano is still finishing up a steroid suspension. Um, I don't know if that would affect, like, his – I don't know. I Like, I believe that he might not be able to be traded mm. while he's under suspension. I don't know, though. Um, someone can correct me on that. Um, but, yeah, Sean Manaya, Sean Murphy, Frankie Montez. Like, there's a lot of guys that they could – easily sell off and just completely rebuild and honestly i wouldn't be surprised if the a's were still like a decent enough team uh a decent enough team going forward um but the reds it's pretty sad to see i really do feel bad for reds fans i mean it's not even like they had a really bad year last year they have a lot they had a lot of talent they won 83 games um and they're losing like half of that core of players i mean essentially all you have left on that team is joey Votto, who realistically they should they should trade he deserves better than what the reds just did mm-hmm. and he deserves to go somewhere to get an opportunity to win um, but then you look at someone like jonathan india who just won rookie of the year and now kind of has to face this rebuild um with an owner that's unwilling to spend and it's really disheartening and you know i was just on reddit and reading comments because there was even some red fans that were posting in like that mets group or the mlb group saying like you know, how disappointed they were. And it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, we've been there as Mets fans, we've seen it, you know, we've been had that hopelessness of like, Oh yeah. 
it's not getting better. You know, the will puns are not going to spend. And it really seems for a long time that they were just, their family was going to own the Mets forever. So, you know, we saw the light at the end of the tunnel and I hope Reds fans do too, but that would be just like, imagine like the Mets trading Robinson Cano and Jacob deGrom for like a package of like our right prospects, but like, not getting what the hole you deserve and trading one of the best players in your team, just because your, your team is going into tank mode. Like, and that's essentially what they did with Jesse Winker. You know, they, Jesse Winker is a really good player and mm-hmm. they didn't get much back for him because they just offloaded a Eugenio Suarez's contract. Um, and that's disappointing. Um, good for the Mariners though. In that deal, I think I, I love what the Mariners are doing this off season. Uh, you know, we've, we've kind of dubbed them the, the West Coast Mets as the Mets are becoming the East Coast A's, so to speak, with uh, Chris Bassett joining the likes of Starling Marte and Mark Hanna. But uh, I was also texting um, with one of my friends who, who is a Reds fan, and, um, you know, his complaints about ownership are, like you said, they're, they sound exactly the same <laughs> as our complaints about uh, the Wilpons how you know the family is sort of checked out they have an aging owner who you know when it comes down to it will the family sell the team who knows um i think that's what unfortunately what a lot of reds fans are hoping for which is kind of uh dark to say but um but that's the that's the reality and it just as a mets fan it really puts things back into perspective of you know this is truly a different era we could it's easy to get used to seeing signings like, you know, the trade for Francisco Lindor as, you know, a, that sort of statement of, you know, we're going to compete and we're going to go get a team that can compete. Um, don't forget that not too long ago, uh, you know, the Mets wouldn't have been in an all too different situation than the Reds. I could, if, if Steve Cohn didn't own the Mets, I could totally see, you know, a couple of years ago, pieces starting to be moved like a Michael Conforto, Brandon Nimmo, even, you know, Dom Smith, Jeff McNeil. I could see those pieces starting to fall after like the 2019 season, you know, um, with some contracts coming up and things like that. So very grateful, uh, very good time to be a Mets fan. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I sympathize with the Rays, I'm sorry, the Reds fan base and the, the A's fan base. I don't know if you saw that video I posted on, twitter about a's fans reacting to the chris bassett trade it was like the a's fans had organized like a fan fest in Mm -hmm. oakland and like the chris bassett trade broke while they were there at the fan fest and like it's just like so someone you know a youtuber went around and just asked their their opinions on stuff and they were just like yeah i mean this is what we do like we you know we sell off these pieces and get some prospects. And when then they're good, we just sell them off for more prospects. So like, we're kind of used to it. And I think they expected that Bassett was going to be moved. This was like the writing was on the wall. Um, but I thought it was a great pickup for the Mets. I mean, I, I was kind of, you were thinking maybe they were going to get someone like you say Kikuchi because um, they were kind of tied to him. Carlos Rodon was the name that you were hearing. And honestly, like I think Bassett or I know Bassett was a, better pickup than both of those um and now your rotation the whole complexion of the rotation looks different um i mean essentially if you didn't add someone like bassett you know you replaced max scherzer with you replaced marcus stroman with with max scherzer which is an upgrade but 
you're also down you didn't add anybody to the rotation like there was no like it was just like not a lateral move i don't want to say that by any means because sure is huge but it's just like you 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 subtracted one and you added one so you're an injury or two away from being in the same pickle that you were last year of like thin depth like they really needed a guy like bassett to really round out their rotation now it's like you're looking at Degrom, scherzer bassett carlos carrasco who could really be an x factor for the team and then and then someone like taiwan walker who could end the the could be the fifth guy in that rotation um and even if he's not 100 percent by opening day uh you have your david peterson or your tyler mcgill who could slot in there so um yeah, things are really, good it's really good to see like uh, nowadays i feel like you have to have your triple a rotation almost has to be mlb ready uh to to be called up at some point during the season just the way that that staffs are put together these days um i i kind of really like looking at what's what's your triple a depth and when you have david peterson who has had success in the major leagues had a down year last year in injury and then you have tyler mcgill who really stepped up kind of came out of nowhere to to do what he was able to do last season that's a good sign and then you also have jordan yamamoto mike montgomery's back who he can start games and uh, and then you have, you know, I guess take your pick with like Thomas Zipucky or really whoever after that. Um, but I, I, I really like the depth in rotation that the Mets have now. And you're right. I mean, Chris Bassett completely changed the complexion of that in a very positive way. The only thing that worries me is, you know, some of the best left handed hitters are in in the league are in the Mets division. Uh, and we have hardly there's hardly any um, traction with much left-handed pitching of quality that's coming the Mets direction. That's, that's really the only concern right now. Speaking of left-handed pitching, the Mets do still need a lefty in the bullpen. Uh, You lost Aaron loop. Like you were saying, Mike Mike Montgomery is back, but he's not a guy who I think the Mets are really looking at, nor should they look at as a viable replacement for someone like loop. So, what would you like to see as, as like an like the icing on top of this offseason for the Mets? Like what like what would you like to see them do from here on out to kind of round this this offseason off and go into the season? Yeah, I mean at this point it's kind of hard to say. I think I think the Mets need a left-handed hitter. Um, there's not all that much left available from what I know. Uh, in the at least in like the free agent market, it would be nice to have sort of a fifth outfielder who can also hit left-handed that has a little bit of power. I think that might be sort of like the perfect hitter, but I can't really think of who. To me, that was Eddie Rosario, but he kind of came off the board. Uh, I think just this morning, and then from the bullpen, pretty similar situation. They need another lefty. I think the pipe dream is sort of Josh Hader, but I I don't think. I don't think that's super realistic right now. So I'm really not sure what is sort of left on, on the agenda for the Mets to get done in this off season, but you can definitely look forward to uh, a hater type move at the trade deadline. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that they're, they're going to add during the season, uh, hopefully, but I think that if you go into the season, I would like to see them 
you're right. The, the left-handers that are left available on the free agent market aren't great. I mean, Chafin would have been the guy, um, but they could always maybe turn towards the the trade market, even if it's like during spring training um, mm-hmm. or right before opening day, kind of like what they did with Jerry Blevins uh, several years ago when they got him. They made like a couple of uh, like uh, bullpen moves. They got him and Alex Torres in the same day, and obviously – Blevins panned out Alex Torres kind of didn't but um you know those kind of like one for one swaps two for one swaps uh you can see maybe they'll make but um I would like to see them add another lefty um and then maybe another arm for the bullpen uh and then I guess maybe they're going to see if like someone falls into their lap um you know I I don't think it's going to be a Freeman or a Correa or a Trevor Story but you really never know so but I would like to see them add another bat. Um, but we'll see what happens. It should be an interesting way to finish off the offseason. Yeah, and, and even if even if another bat doesn't come around, I think you're right. I think they're sort of at, at a wait-and-see point in their offseason to be able to say we, we like the way our roster is put together right now. We're thinking about depth moving forward. So if the Mets are counting on – a bounce back from Dom Smith, Jeff McNeil, and JD Davis. I, I think, I think that's a a decent bet because at least two of the three of those guys are going to be better than they were last year. I think so that all in and of itself, I think is a big help to the, the position player depth. I also think the development of Khalil Lee, I don't want to under, estimate that i think he could be a really good major league ball player uh i don't want the mets to have to rely on him too much obviously it's a little bit concerning hearing about starling Marte's uh oblique soreness but apparently he's he's okay and was able to rejoin like full uh workouts yesterday i think so so that's encouraging at least but you got to imagine with someone like Marte and Nimmo in the same outfield, one of the two of those guys is probably going to go down at some point. That's just, that's just the way I see it panning out. So in the outfield, you're looking at a, at kind of a weird situation. Now, Michael Conforto is still out there. I don't think he's going to come back, but that, that would be awesome. He's a left-handed bat who can play the outfield, you know? So uh, we'll see. I don't know. I've always kind of been holding out hope that Conforto would come back, but even if he doesn't, we have Joe Neshwi Fargus back. He's back with the Mets. My man. Billy <laughs> Billy McKinney is a free agent. <laughs> Just run it back. Run back the bench mob, honestly. Bring back run it the back. bench mob. Trade for Jose Peraza. <laughs> yeah. Get Jose Peraza. Philip Evans just signed with the Yankees. Package those two together. Oh, baby. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like, like not for any reason, but I would like to see the Mets like maybe sign Billy McKinney to a minor league deal. Like I'd be okay with that. Why um, not? Yeah. Uh, you know, like just for shits and giggles, like I'd be fine with that. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure that there'll be even more moves after this episode's published, but um, we'll keep you guys up to date, you know, the next time we talk. So uh, let's finish up the episode. We'll remember some guys and then we'll get going. So you want to start Mike? You want me to start? You go ahead and start. All right, let's see. Let me let me unlock the memory bank here and pull it back to let's see now. I'm gonna do 
a relief pitcher. Uh, and he does have a tie to history, not Mets history, but to history. And that's Mike Bassick, who was a, I believe, 2001 or 2002 Met. But he actually gave up Barry Bonds' record-breaking home run uh, oh, as a right. member of the Nationals. So Mike Bassick is who I'm remembering today. All right. Well, in honor of Philip Evans signing for the Yankees, I'm not going to remember Philip Evans himself because he's still doing his thing. But looking at the 2017 Mets, I'm going to go with a reunion of sorts with. Actually, no. No. Changing it up midstream. I'm going with Renee <laughs> Rivera. Oh, yeah, classic. <laughs> I love me my catchers. Classic. Um, catchers, yeah. baby catchers. Yeah, Rene Rivera is always a good one. Uh, I, I feel like he'll still find his – he'll find a way to find his way back to the Mets at some point. Like, it'll I just be so like too. a random – it'll be like a random, like, June day this summer, and it'll just be like – before the game, it'll be like <laughs> Mets have signed Rene Rivera to minor league deal. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Well, then it'll be right before the first home stand when they're like, oh, shit, James McCann isn't vaccinated and he can't play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rene Rivera is about to catch 80 home games for the Mets in 2022. <laughs> I was, I was, I was originally going to go with Matt Reynolds since he's back with the team now, but. Uh, oh, I was trying to figure out who you were talking about. I was yeah. like, what 2017 Matt is back. Yeah. He, I, I feel like it's not right to remember guys while they're still active. You know what I mean? Yeah. You never know. Matt Reynolds could come out and he could be a 30, 30 guy for the Mets. Will that happen? <laughs> Probably not, but you never really fucking know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a non-zero percent chance, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a good one. See you next time.